All right. Well, the world of rugby union at uh, at the Australian level, Wallabies level, has changed in an instant again. Tom Deason is on the line. I've been looking forward to this chat to you, Tom. Um, good to talk to you again, mate, and thanks for your time. So whew, where do we start? Do we just leave 2023 behind and we now focus on the Joe Schmidt era or is there still stuff you reckon to sweep up before the Joe Schmidt era can can really start to get underway? Oh, look, I think if you asked Rugby Australia, they'd be pretty happy to move on from that car crash that was Eddie Jones and yeah. everything that happened last year in a failed World Cup campaign. Um, but it's, it's interesting to reflect on. I think there are definitely some scars there and things that need to be mended. And, and the Wallabies playing group's pretty disillusioned with how it all went down and the World Cup. And, yeah, they get asked about it a lot, understandably. And rugby is a bit of a hard sell at the moment heading into Super Rugby starting up next month. But... Yeah, the Joe Schmidt appointment, um, yeah, very much a talking point. And look, it's they've got a wall of his coach in place. But yeah, a lot to dissect there, definitely. Mm, you just mentioned something really critical to all of this. And it's something when I saw Joe Schmidt's appointment, I wasn't overly surprised because um, he was always going to be a leading candidate. But the playing group, I, I wondered what the reaction to that was and, and, and how they dealt with that because I got the feeling that the Eddie Jones... The whole Eddie Jones thing just did not work with the playing group, mate, no matter which way we look at it. So was there, in your knowledge, was there a change of of, uh, opinion about how they approached this? Were the playing group informed of this or or was it just a pure RA, CEO, um, high-performance director decision? Yeah, so CEO Phil War said that RA had addressed some senior players and spoke to them about the process and how they came to the decision without saying or telling them before the announcement that it was Joe Schmidt. They sort of brought the players into the tent and said, this is how we came to be and how we appointed our coach. Yeah, the Eddie Jones call was obviously a, a bit of a chairman's call there with Hamish McLennan doing that. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, a lot of players haven't been asked about it as well. Every player publicly will tell you that they're on board with the new coach and they're all keen on it for sure. Um, they're not, not going to say that because they want to get picked by the guy. So, I think more will come out in the wash, but I think that after the carnage and wild ride that was Eddie Jones, um, which rubbed players the wrong way for sure during that World Cup campaign, I think Joe Schmidt's stability um, will be good for them. He's a bit of a calm head, um, very firm guy when he needs to be as well. But I think also the length of the deal is interesting. Like he's basically coming in for 18 months. Mm. What does that say about long-term vision, like we're talking really long-term. Um, the players think, oh, this, this Kiwi's coming in for 18 months and we're going to have an Aussie after that. So I, the length of the deal, I actually don't mind, but I think it would be interesting to actually ask the players privately what they think about that for only an 18-month deal. Do you reckon the playing group changes, the makeup of the playing group, those that were left behind by Eddie? Do you think that there may be some that now get a look in under Joe? Look, potentially, again... I think one of, to Phil's, Phil, uh, to Philball's credit, he has spoken about not wanting to work in World Cup cycles. A lot of coaches are obsessed by cleaning out players, rebuilding, all the rest. Like, Wallabies need to win. They need to pick their best 15 players in the park at any one time. So I think that Joe Schmidt will pick whoever is the best player rather than try and blood guys for a World Cup in four years' time. Also, that's important to do. Look, Clay Cooper's in Japan. He's spoken publicly about still wanting to play for the Wallabies. Michael Hooper's in the sevens program until the Olympics, so that's maybe not a thing. But, I mean, he's only 31, 32. Um, so that's not out of the realms of possibility that maybe some of these senior guys could come back. But I do think that 
the team will look very different. Eddie Jones blew everything up just before the World Cup and um, yeah, got out when the going got tough. So I think there will be change. And again, really interested to see how different it is. And only a year and a bit ago, we were talking about Dave Rennie's Wallaby squad. So <laughs> a lot's happened in that time. Yeah, and I read that um, Joe Schmidt reached out to a number of people, which is par for the course, but one of those was Dave Rennie. And and it's interesting because Dave Rennie, of all people, would probably have the right, Tom, to turn around and say, mate, stay away from that joint. I mean, it, it didn't work well for me. So obviously he, he gave it some sort of tick of approval there, which is which is an interesting part too about what Joe Schmidt wants to achieve. What you just said there about what Phil War said about not not working in these World Cup cycles, mate, I was hallelujah to that, brother. Like I, it's been doing my head in, especially where Australian rugby is at and where it needs to be at. So is the first point of I mean the first point of reference here is for them to start winning test matches. And the second point is to make sure that the British and Irish Lions tour is a knockout success. Do, do you see that as what they're really focusing on here? 100%. The most important thing in Australian rugby at the moment should be beating Wales in July in Sydney on whatever is July 6th. Like, nothing else matters at this point. There's fans who have, you know, rugby's been in their blood for decades and they're at a point now where they are thinking of walking away. And they're the people that, when they stop caring, that's the people who you'll lose forever. So... Um, that is incredibly important to start winning now. And, and Joe Schmidt, um, you know, certainly wasn't talking it up like Eddie and he wasn't making big, bold statements about wanting to win the World Cup or the Lion Series or whatever. He characterised himself as a boring kind of realist, um, which was very, very different to Eddie Jones. I don't think he's going to be as, um, uh, what's the word, quote-worthy um, for, for, the, for the rugby press in this country, which is a shame, but... Look, if he's winning games and he brings interest back to the game, then, then fantastic. So, yeah, he'll be doing everything he can. He won't start till March, which is a bit curious, um, but he'll get his assistance in line and hit the ground running for those couple of tests against Wales in July. Mm. Uh, where does it leave the Wallaroos? Because I know that Eddie's, um, Eddie's sort of tenure was meant to cover that whole men's and women's program, and I haven't, I haven't seen anything jump out about that. Have I missed something there? Yeah, um, look, Waller has appointed a new coach. Um, look, they are obviously playing tests this year as well. I think the Eddie Jones Wallaroos thing was a bit of a firstie. I don't think he had anything to do with them, really. Um, he obviously had his. Um, he bit off more than he could chew, and he has admitted that. Um, even when he came back from the World Cup, you know, they went over to play in New Zealand and he didn't go over with them. So, yeah, the Wallaroos will get um, their time in the sun for sure. But, yeah, look, Rugby Australia has had a lot on its plate putting people in different roles, director of rugby roles, um, David Nusifora coming back in an advisory capacity after he finishes with Ireland after the Olympics. So there is a lot of moving parts to Sydney, uh, not Sydney Sevens, wow, Perth Sevens <laughs> now, um, starting this week yeah. out west. So there's a lot going on. All right. Just a final one, mate, on on Joe Schmidt, the, the person. I mean, we, we know what he achieved with Ireland. He spent the last couple of years back home. Uh, I read. I think it's his. He has a son who who suffers from epilepsy. So that was part of the reason why he wanted to be more of a homebody. Um, so what type of what type of rugby, as in the style of play, do we see under a Joe Schmidt Wallabies? Do you think? It's a great question. Yeah. Look, I don't think he'll be obsessed with running rugby like some of um, his predecessors for sure. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, obviously he's clearly um, had a lot of success with Ireland set piece dominated stuff, but it's also worked with the All Blacks as well, where counter-attack is 
Very, very important. Um, that's a big question. He didn't really get pinned down on that, but I think one thing Joe Schmidt will be is very um, careful with who he tells what to, and he'll be very, not secretive, but keeping a lot of things in-house, and he likes to be extremely detailed and organised, and, and that was something that Dave Rennie was as well, not saying Eddie Jones wasn't, but um, more of the kind of Dave Rennie really highly detailed strategy on, on game plan, whereas, as you know, we're finding out and seeing more, and I think there'll be a bit in the upcoming stand doco about kind of Eddie Jones' off-the-cuff nature that he was as a coach at that World Cup. So, mm. yeah, very detailed and analytical, and, um, yeah, he put everything into that first few tests, and um, if he's not the guy to take Australia forward to that 2027 World Cup, then maybe an Aussie steps in. Yeah, it's going to be a, a different 2024 for you and you and your colleagues, mate. I mean, you think of the wild ro- roller coaster under Eddie in 2023. This could be like driving Miss Daisy under Joe Schmidt in 24. Yeah, no, totally. I don't think anything will compare to last year. But um, <laughs> look, it was fun. It was really fun covering that. And um, yeah, like you do see Joe Schmidt say, "Oh." I am boring and I'm probably not going to stay as much as Eddie. I don't have his charisma. And for the for the media and the game, like, you know, Joe Schmidt said at the presser, asked him about, um, you know, selling the dream to people. He's like, I'm, I'm not a dream seller. So um, the state of rugby in this country, I think you need people at the top who are going to sell that dream. So I'd love the RA to find ways to do that because mm. people, you know, who want to go to Super Rugby games pretty soon, it's a hard sell at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. they need some, uh, some interest. As you rightly point out, Australia v Wales is a is a critical, could be a very critical time for the uh, the fortunes of Australian rugby. Good on you, Tom. Uh, thanks for your time this morning, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Always great with his time. An, an interesting time for rugby in Australia on all fronts. Super rugby's a hard sell. I mean, Tom's just nailed it right there. There's no doubt about it. They're coming from a long way back. And whilst they've been right back, the other codes have been charging ahead at a rate of knots. So the, the old elastic band's just gone further and further. The, the trick now is to try and slingshot your way back up the road and get back into it. And nothing will do that better and quicker and more aggressive than winning test matches. So Super Rugby's going to be still hard, but July 6 is, is going to be a critical date and, and putting up a fight. But it'll be different. <laughs> very, very different. It's going to be so much quieter without any... I uh, wonder how he's going. He left behind a a blaze, an absolute blaze. Our thanks to Tom Decent. Right, we need to take a break. It's 21 minutes after 11 o'clock for our Sydney listeners, 21 past 10 in Queensland.